Looking to stray away from fluff metrics and vanity marketing? The ABM Conversations Podcast, hosted by Yagnish Warren Ganesh, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, is the number one podcast for marketing and sales professionals in the B2B SaaS industry. Yag focuses on helping B2B marketers and sales professionals explore strategies, tactics, and real experiments to drive revenue, customer engagement, and retention. Each podcast episode deconstructs marketing tactics and strategies used by world-class performers from diverse subdomains such as content, marketing strategy, online advertising, knowledge panels, product marketing, and more. One episode that stood out to me was talking on how to build a buyer-centric revenue mode, which I think many of my audience would greatly appreciate. Another topic that stands out is how to set up a customer success organization. And lastly, how product-led storytelling fits into the stages of the buying cycle. Listen to ABM Conversations wherever you get your podcasts. Most of you know by now, I go pretty hard in my opening monologue slash rants slash digress sessions to set the tone of each episode. And I think most of you would agree, I don't miss. So I'm going to give you a moment to get a notepad or open up your notes app to write down what I'm about to say. The reason many startup founders, executive suite, senior level directors, or mid-level managers don't hit their KPIs, can't scale at the level that they want, and don't get the best out of their teams comes down to two basic principles in your leadership and execution style. This may be TMI, but you are either leading and executing with TMF or TML, with too much feeling or with too much logic. The reason you can't evolve in the new landscape with digital and the marketplace is that you feel too caught up in the old time way and the romanticism of what was that got you to this point and not embracing the change necessary that might have been brought to you by younger members or clients or customers that are screaming to change. You would rather let your entire campaign, your entire team, your entire department, your entire business sink like the Titanic over how you specifically feel about everything. Many decisions or lack of decisions that ultimately impacts the employees, the customers, the operations and success of a business comes down by your own siloed of feelings and personal viewpoints, limited viewpoints, I might add. No, you don't want that. Or you are too logical with your approach to obsessed over data gathering, much more like data hoarding, and not even using 10% of it regularly to make a decision. The team is stating the obvious that this campaign is going to be a failure, that that influencer shouldn't be used, that that software, that that platform isn't performing well, that that marketing strategy is outdated or obsolete. But you respond with, well, prove it with data. Then they provide the data and the data isn't enough data. Let's run this expensive SaaS we bought for six more months to see if it really doesn't work when we already ran it for six prior and clearly it definitively doesn't work for the business. When you push marketing and sales agenda that have no human touch, 
When you see your clients or customers as numbers and not individual people, when you work your people like literal robots and not human beings, you lose the trust of the team and it sucks the literal life out of the room, out of the business, all the creative ideas, all the solutions are gone because you are too stuck in your feelings or you're too logical. TMF or TML, too much feeling or too much logic. If you're not getting the growth and success that you want out of your team, out of your business, out of yourself, look into those two compartments, identify which one you are, and make adjustments accordingly. What's up, digital world? You're listening to the I Digress audio experience with Troy Sanders. Social media, marketing, storytelling, business, culture, and more. Coming to you in three, two, one. Too many people worry about the process to create the product, the marketing campaign, the video, the imagery, the branding, all that effort that's behind the scene. Look how much effort I put into this, how many hours, how much money, all these things. Instead of looking at what does the output look like to my ideal audience, to the very people I'm trying to connect with, to the very people I want to be a buyer, an advocate, an elevator, an investor, to what I sell, to what I bring to the table. Have you ever once thought about how does my audience experience my business? When you click on your homepage, does it suck? Does it land? Especially my B2B marketers, my B2B brands, my B2B businesses, or even my SaaS and tech businesses who live in this weird, somewhat functional, somewhat not functional ambiguity of copy and visuals that states what you do, but has no emotion in what you do. And it may work because it's normal in the space, or it may not work because the human element of the decision maker is like, nah, I'm good. I'm out. And you're just playing... Russian roulette and running the numbers and seeing where it goes with a ton of ad dollars or a ton of investments or whatever it might be over the course of your 30, 60, 90 to see where your MMR is, where your ARR is and go from there. But I would love to challenge you and look at your homepage and saying like, can you stomach looking at that homepage? Does that first hero image, does that first call to action to capture a form, click on a link, get an ebook, watch a video, does it even land? Really? Seriously, I'm dead serious. Check out your site. Maybe look at it from incognito mode on your phone and on your desktop, on your tablet. And just be honest with yourself. Does it make sense? Is it too wordy? Is it too vague? Well, we, we're hitting our numbers, sure. Yeah, but well, you know, I don't want to invest too much in new web dev. Well, it'll take six months to get new copy approved. That's a problem. I hear excuses. Let's come up with solutions. If it takes you six months to get copy approved, to switch out a color, to switch out an image, to bring the masterminds that be, the power that be together, and cross-reference that with data of what your ideal audience is, your best month, what was there, what was said, cross-reference the social media team, cross-reference with the content marketing team, with the digital marketing team, with the ad team, all the teams. And make sure that it's in alignment and that we're pursuing the best copy and optimization of our UX UI based off of what we, not just we, but we have identified and declared and verified from our audience that that's what they want to see. They'll click on, they'll watch, they'll engage, they'll go through the sales pipeline and they'll convert. Is that mashing up in the homepage? 
Too many times we don't do the basic things right. We don't do the core fundamentals right. This is another Strategy Accelerator brought to you by Agency Accelerated Podcast with Stephanie Liu, powered by Agora Pulse. So before I was using Google Analytics, because again, it's not just about what happens on social, because a lot of times the sales happen on the website, right? Or whatever tool that you're using. So we were using Google Analytics, then we were using, you know, the ad reports via Facebook, all the different individual social channels, pulling the reports there. And a lot of times this data had to be combined within the dreaded spreadsheets calculated to get an ROI. And the only way to pull that ROI, I should say at the very beginning is like having the conversation with clients like, what is that win for you? What are we measuring as success at the end of the day, especially if they're not like an e-commerce brand? Like, how do you measure the ROI? What is that win? What are we calculating? What people were saying about the brand, the other competitors were performing online. But now um, we've been able to eliminate those and we use Agora Pulse ROI feature um, in addition to reporting that already comes within Agora Pulse to then pull a nice report and to show them, hey, here is the dollar generated. Like, how are you growing as far as people talking about you and being aware of you? How many new touches are you getting to the brand itself? How are you maintaining the engagement of that community building? So that growth of word of mouth or now on online, it's world of mouth, right? Like how are we growing that in addition to the awareness, getting the engagement, people talking about us, sharing us on, and then at the end of the day, it resulting in that dollar value. Yeah. And I don't think most people realize like even in the reporting, right? Because I, I see the dashboard <laughs> in my head and I see the comments come in and you could see how often they've engaged with you because you could categorize mm -hmm. them. You could see what hashtags are coming up and all the things. And when you said, I, I think I heard it differently and it gave me a different picture, but did you say word of mouth or world of mouth? I said world of mouth. You know, it was word of mouth. Now it's world of mouth because there's so many more people talking about your brand and others are watching. Yeah. It, you know, watching it happen. So like we're talking about Agora Pulse right now, the ROI feature. We're not directly saying it to the people that are watching, but they're listening in. When somebody makes a comment at a group, hey, what social tools should I use for social media management? And maybe people are, you know, responding Agora Pulse. Others are seeing that happen. It's still this peer uh, recommendation, but without those people talking. So it's, I, I think it's more world of mouth now uh, than yeah. just word of mouth. I've never heard that before. I'm like, wow, that was so cool. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I like my jaw dropped and my eyes went wide because I'm a visual learner. And I'm just like, yeah, it's the whole world. And like in my head, I was imagining like different continents, different cities, different places all talking. And I was like, oh, I've never heard that before. And that's probably why Stephen Barga in the comments said, Jessica is pure gold. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> and if you want to learn more about that episode, search Agency Accelerated Agora Pulse wherever you get your podcast or Agency Accelerated Agora Pulse on YouTube to see the live video version of the podcast. Yes, ads can help you to an extent, but ads don't convert. Ads bring people to the place where they're supposed to convert. And typically that may be your homepage or a landing page or some sort of thing, a contact form, whatever it might be. But you have to understand, and I'm going to say it a lot. I think this might be my series of leveraging language to launch, honestly, because I can't get over the fact how many businesses I've talked to or I've seen who are not leveraging the right levers of language 
dialogues, tones, visual elements, intangible elements to connect to their audience, to convince them to be confident in using them, and then converting them into an ambassador to get them more business at a higher rate. I hear this debate all the time, is marketers responsible for sales? And, you know, you got the MQLs, uh, which are marketing qualified leads, and SQLs, which are sales qualified leads. So the marketing team provides you with an MQL, which is a marketing quality lead, and that gets passed the baton over, if you think of a relay race, uh, to the sales team. And the sales team then qualifies it as SQL, and then by the SQL, go to the sales pipeline, you hopefully convert cold, warm, hot, modified, and hopefully you close a deal. And if you can't, then you toss it back to the relay of the marketing team to nurture, 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 nurture with sales updating um, where they are, you know, if they're using a CRM and other sales platform tools to do what they need to do. And that process can get very long. That process can get very outdated. And then if you don't hit your goals for the month, for the quarter, for the year, it's the blame game. It's the marketing team's fault. It's the sales team's fault. Shoot, it's the brand team's fault. You know, then if you go to the substance of marketers, it's the brand marketing team, it's a social marketing team, it's a digital marketing team, it's the ads marketing team. And then the sales team is like, well, if marketing does a better job of providing us higher quality MQLs, better copy, better assets to then go out and convert and get these sales, we would be a better place. But then on the flip side, marketing may say, well, we don't touch revenue. And then the sales team is like, yo, I have a lot of pressure. I'm the one who has to make 50 to 100 outbound marketing tactical calls or send outs a day, a week, a month, whatever your performance spectrum is. And it's a constant flow of blame game, stress, anxiety, and add that to a business that maybe doesn't have a good culture experience and it's high toxic environment, high stress, feast or famine situation. God bless you if you have to do with commissions and everything else. It's a very high intensity environment and everyone's stressed. Everyone's playing the blame game. Does that sound like you? I'm going to pause and jump the fourth wall here. Does that sound like you? Does that sound like your business, your experience? Or maybe you are as a marketer or you are as a salesperson or marketing leader or sales leader is in that same kind of boat, that same type of situation. And you're probably wondering, I don't know what to do. Especially if you're a new marketer or you're, you're a new salesperson and you're kind of teetering between marketing and sales in your role, and maybe you're more comfortable with one and you're not as comfortable with the other. And again, the blame game of just this constant, who's responsible for revenue? Marketers are like, well, why is the sales team getting the commissions off the leads that I'm bringing you to? I should get a commission for converting that person for you, making that lead hot, making it really easy to go through the sales pipeline. You got who's getting the money, who's getting the rewards, who's getting the bonuses, whose jobs are on the line. Can we just be real in 2022? This is all the stuff that is happening behind the scenes constantly. Oh, the social media marketer finally got the budget approved, which is not a big budget at that, to run a campaign. And the boss man is asking from like five minutes after the campaign's been approved and launched, where's my ROI? We have these crazy level of expectations on subgroups. And then when it doesn't come to fruition, we're wondering what's happening, what's going on. It's because the management is out of touch with those who are executing. The strategy is not optimized for everyone to be in flow. There is no clarity around roles and responsibilities, OKRs and KPIs. And it's just a dang mess. It's a mess. So what do we do? What should you do as a marketing leader, as a sales leader, as an exec? What the heck should you do when all of this happening? We're still in the middle of a pandemic. We still have this battle of old heads and new heads about hybrid work. And then goodness gracious, micromanagement in a hybrid remote setting is even more stressful than in person because now they're looking at your calendar. And if you don't have everything blocked off for the week and you're not in a ton of meetings, guess what? If you're in too many meetings, you can't get work done. But I digress. All of this is happening in real time. And then you take that separation of these people have real lives. 
They have kids. They have partners. They have other obligations outside of this work. How do we maintain flow for optimization of good marketing habits, good sales habits that not only bring you more revenue, bring you new customers, but find that sweet spot of sustainability and scalability between your team being at its optimal state and your customers always in flow, always buying without destroying your team. There are three words every brand, every organization wants to be associated with. Those three words are trust, connectivity, and innovation. From short-term wins to long-term gains, being a leader and customer success means looking for ways to help your customers not just like your brand, but love your product. As guardians of that relationship, having a CRM platform that can flex with your customers' needs is absolutely critical. HubSpot empowers leaders with a customizable CRM platform that puts the customer experience first. HubSpot empowers innovation and customization without adding complexity, helping teams adapt and pivot quickly. HubSpot connects insight across functions like marketing, sales, service, content management, and operations for a bird's eye view across all functions. With HubSpot's CRM platform, turn your most frequently asked support questions into a knowledge base of help articles. With over 20 supported languages, customers can help themselves no matter where they are in the world. And with 24-hour technical support, get answers to your questions quickly with the global HubSpot customer support team. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. A lot of people who come to me, they say, Troy, you're, you're too focused on the concepts of strategy. You're too focused on the psychological and the sociology anthropology, along with the different subsets that I typically manage and within strategy from growth, business, marketing, content, digital, branding, all those things, sales and everything else versus like maybe a more traditional type of marketing strategist that does things a little bit differently. Now, over my course of my career, I have focused more on growth. That is my sweet spot because everyone wants to grow. But I think the way that I help people grow is working from the bottom up, is building up the team, identifying their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats and coordinating that with the executive leadership, with the higher up, with the owner, VP, CEO, board members, all of those things, and making sure it's in flow from top to bottom and bottom to top. Everyone knows their roles, responsibilities. We set metrics that seems reasonable to achieve, but yet have incentives for more. But we have to do a check of people's mental, emotional health. So I'm incorporating all these things to create good habits and relinquish bad habits, to simplify the process, eliminate the complexity, the confusion, the chaos, in order for simplicity to thrive. So we're not only surviving to the next quarter, we're thriving. The biggest problem I hear constantly, the blame game, the team isn't here. I don't know what's going on over there. And you know what it all comes down to? Leveraging language to launch. 
We're not incorporating an internal language that is resounding and everyone speaks and can understand. So we're not just living in the data of KPIs and OKRs that's understandable to a silo of a department and the other department that does the other side of it has no idea what the heck they're measuring, have no idea how to quantify success. And now we're playing the blame game because everyone's putting in the literal work hours, but nothing is getting done. They are stuck in this hamster wheel of effort that is not reaping rewards. That's the real truth. That's the honest truth. And that's the reality that many agencies, tech, B2B, SaaS, SMBs, entrepreneurs face on a daily basis. And it comes back down to that TMF and that TML brought to you at the beginning of this episode. Too much failing, too much logic. Typically, the leaders need to embrace and allow those, even though they may have less experience, even though they may not know all the details of the organization or haven't been with you as long, they still bring outside information that you yourself do not know. And if you spend more time with your entire team brainstorming and creating good habits of, let me listen to what's out there. Because you as an executive leader or department head or marketing leader, sales team, whatever, can't know everything. Let's be real. Most of the people in the operations and the systems, whether you're in RevOps, sales, growth, marketing, business, strategy, can't know every single thing that's going on. You don't know every cog if it's running or not until there's a big indicator that slows you down or shuts the whole assembly line of your whole business down. And then you get people like me to come in here and say, fix it in 24 hours or less. What's the problem? But most times they can't even tell me what the problem is because they haven't done the work to know how the operations team is running. Yes, you give me the list of job descriptions. Yes, you tell me all the different titles, but what's the flow? You might even give me an org chart. Okay, great. How do we compare that org chart to what's going on in the data? With the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month, and going towards comparing that to now until year's end. Where are we at? What's the thing that's burning us the most? Burning the most money, the most energy, the most cash flow. Where are we at? What did we try that is working? What did we try that isn't working? What do we have on deck that we're trying to try, but we haven't got to fruition yet? Does that extra campaign, does that even matter right now? Can we just pause and focus on what's working and maybe double down on that until we figure out where our cash flow is going? We put all of our trust and hands in a Hail Mary of a new software and thinking everyone's going to learn it in a two-week span and that we're just going to get all these growth and conversions. We're going to put all this Hail Mary and a new ad campaign that hasn't even been tested at the local level and we're just going to run it nationally and see what happens. That's stress. That's mismanagement. That's not understanding your why or your team or your situational awareness and you're not creating a good strategy environment that's going to be successful. And you want the strategy, I could be like, hey, fix this in 24 hours. And I'll be like, pause, swerve, er, let's pause and figure this out. And then I ask the uncomfortable questions. I ask the hard questions and no one can give me an answer. And then it's just crickets. And then it's the blame game. Oh, maybe we need to hire this person. Maybe we need to let go of this person. Maybe we just need to stop, pause and rethink, reflect. How do we get to this point? I think too much times we'll be focused on finding a solution now without thinking about what led us to get to this point, because this could actually happen again. Y'all putting duct tape and chewing gum on situations that require breaking it apart, identifying all the parts and putting it back together in a more optimal way that is going to be sustainable. I'm not a viral growth strategist that makes you jump up 5, 10, 100K in a month, a quarter, whatever the ratio of time and range might be, and then it just falls back down. I want to focus on sustainable growth and scalability because if you can do those two things, everything else is in flow. When you win, people forget about the problems. The championship team may have so much stress, so much struggle, so many obstacles. But when you get that shit, all is forgiven. And let's run it back. Let's do it again. We have to figure out a way to create our teams to get these championships, not just get to the playoffs and lose first round, second round, 
Even if it gets to the finals, that's good. But let's get these championships. Let's focus on that. Let's build a team that's built to get us championships. I don't know about you. I want my business to be a dynasty. I don't want to be a one-hit wonder during the pandemic. And now that the pandemic is slowly fading out and we're slowly having this hybrid and then more in-person, less digital or vice versa, depending on where you are in the world and the spectrum of things, it falls apart. And now they're like, oh, well, you had your moment, your one shining moment, and then poof. That doesn't feel good. So what do we do? We pull out the feeling, get all the feelings out the way. I want to know the T. I want all the teams just tell me, just write down a list. Just send me voice messages of all the problems. What is the thing that's slowing you from your growth? What is the thing that pains you to do every single day? And what is the one goal you just never can achieve? Maybe it's the wrong goal. Maybe you have someone blocking you from achieving the success you want. You are in too many meetings. You're in the wrong team. You're doing the wrong thing. You're using the wrong software. You're measuring the wrong metric of success. You're pushing your team too hard on one end and on the other. You're not supporting your team properly. You're not optimizing your team for success. You're not listening to them. You're not checking in on them. They're mentally and emotionally drained. Your sales tactics are outdated. They're not humanized. They're too robotic. It's too much automation-centered and not human-centric. There's so many variables in play that could be determined to why you're not achieving the growth that you want right now. Sure, there's not enough sales conversations happening right now. Well, that's because marketing isn't posting enough on social media. Hmm, test. Let's like reduce our social media posting by half and invest that same energy on the sales side and see what happens. Oh no, it's the same. Well, it wasn't social media's teams. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that people can quickly blame someone else without having a good measure of accountability and removing the silos. I get it. You're in your own little world and you're only focused on people who understand your world. But in the grander scheme of the business world, within your whole business ecosystem, everyone needs to know what the other person is doing on some type of level. You got to be able to speak the same language on some type of level. You got to have some type of code or whatever that brings it all together. And that's where businesses either thrive or they die. Quite frankly, I'm just tired of hearing the same thing across Twitter, LinkedIn, and the DMs and emails and conversations where leaders seem completely oblivious to what's going on in the day-to-day. And maybe those who are dealing with the day-to-day are, are completely oblivious to what's going on in the grand scheme beyond the business walls. There's no denying that culture impacts everything. Just how the stocks are volatile, businesses are too. And depending on where you are and what you're doing with your life, on top of business and on top of who your audience is to buyers, if those buyers are shook, Uh, what's going on externally in the world, whether it's with Russia and Ukraine, whether it's with the stock market, the gas prices, whether it's with the teams that are in the NBA playoffs still right now. You think that might be crazy, but honestly, depending on your business and your product or service, that actually could impact the numbers for the week, for the month, for the year, just because of that. You have to understand what's going on in the world and how that impacts your buyer's decisions. And then what are you going to do to equip your marketing and sales teams accordingly to speak to the pain points, if it's even speaking to the pain points anymore? I said in the previous episode, you're either the Tylenol or you're the chocolate cake. Maybe if the Tylenol ain't working no more, switch to the chocolate cake. Maybe we don't want to hear the negativity of here's everything you're doing wrong in your business and why you're not working versus here's all the things you can experience if you work with us. Perspective. Now, I know this is more of a marketing sales rant more than anything, but I hope it gave you food for thought. I hope it gave you clarity of maybe some things you need to consider and things you need to start doing. I have various strategy sessions that I work with different brands and individuals and entrepreneurs and SMBs on to tackle and figure these questions out, get these answers right. So we can then make tactical moves accordingly to get off the ground and get up there. 
But too many times people don't want to put in the strategy work and they just want to put that duct tape over it, put more ad dollars into it, buy a new software and hope for the best. And then it fails. We have to make sure everyone at the organization is in tune and is aware of what's going on at the global level. And then even though you're in your own little silos, there's understanding of what different teams are doing and how we can support them, but also how are we hurting them so we can reduce our efforts of slowing them down from being their best self in their zone of genius, no matter their position, no matter their title, no matter their role, no matter how long they've been in the organization or where they are in the world. These are my thoughts for this episode. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope it sparks conversation. And I would love for people to leave me a review, obviously. But beyond that, tag me at Funchor anywhere on the internet. And let's have a conversation. Let's bring in people to talk through things. What are you struggling with? What are you battling with? And how can we resolve these issues for you to grow? Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Digress. What was your takeaway? Care to share your thoughts and tag Troy on social media? You can find him on all platforms at Find Troy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you're listening. Looking for a marketing strategist to build the structure, strategies, and systems you need to get the success you want and the ROI you desire in your business? Book a discovery call to talk with Troy at findtroy.com. And as Troy's philosophy goes, imagination is the engine, content is the fuel, social media is the highway, marketing is the roadmap, sales is the destination, culture is the GPS. Thanks for listening. Yeah.